0: to get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes and to chat with the gang. Smash that description link below. If you want to see uncensored evidence photos and follow along with this case, go to talkmurder.com.
1: Guys, welcome to Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. This is a another story. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I've been doing. Tonight, we're talking about September 11th. Oh. 2014. Oh. <laughs> Stupid. I just wanted to make that dumbass joke.
2: Well, I mean, it's two, two, 2011,
1: tear, tear down that, whoa. Wait, no. You know, I remember, I was in high school when 2011 happened, and I was skipping, because I remember- You me mean, and,
2: wait, no, 2001? I don't think you were when 2001. Oh, 2001.
1: <laughs> yeah. 2001. Yeah, I was in high school. You had huh?
2: yeah. yeah, he was. No, anyway, I was talking about- 2011.
1: Me and my buddy were skipping and we were in his car smoking weed and we were so fucking pissed because every radio station was playing this thing about a building falling down and we were like where's the fucking music man? I want to hear some fucking music. We're getting stoned. You were freshman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were, like, really pissed. Like, what the fuck? Every station, that I mean, every station was playing it. It's
2: not well, like yeah. an important event was going on or
0: anything.
1: I know, but a fucking radio station needs to play some motherfucking um, music. No, not an event like
0: Especially that. Especially
1: if you're getting stoned. Oh, my and God. You wanna... Are you
0: done? Because I'm, I'm done.
1: That's what you said last night. Are you well. done? <laughs> <laughs> this is a recent case because it is in the news right now. This was a short case that I was doing. And then I was like, oh, my God. Like, how much is is there to this freaking thing tonight we're going to 2014 and we're going right here where this is in jefferson indiana we're going to 329 locust street this is the house right here mm, okay 329
2: interesting architecture
1: this is the killer <laughs> no it's not it is interesting it's very small and it's got these weird pillars mm-hmm. it, it is a tiny house i mean it's a very small house
2: mm-hmm. i mean what is it like a two-bedroom house or one-bedroom house
1: i don't even, I think it's a one-bedroom house it's extremely small then you look at this one back here and house. I think that's a different house like all together
0: are they bungalows is that the appropriate mm. is that a church
1: yeah it's not a bad part of town it's just that house is so fucking small
0: huh. well it looks like it has
2: more rooms in the back or not? is that a garage maybe patio yeah maybe so maybe it's
1: like a two bedroom I mean I don't think so. I mean this house is way too small to be a two bedroom in my, in my opinion September 11 2014 2.52 a.m. a 911 call comes in a woman who owns this house is saying that her ex-boyfriend is currently outside of the home. He's trying to gain entry. And so far, he's been unsuccessful. But he is getting more forceful where he looks like he's going to break something down. The cops show up. Three cops, Brandon McGee, Glenn Jackson, and Kevin Anderson are the responding officers. They question the boyfriend. This guy's name was Joseph Oberhansley. He said that this is my place. And and they were dating. This is her ex-boyfriend. Okay, the ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend. He says it's his place, even though his ID doesn't match the address. This is a domestic altercation at this point, right? The cops are interviewing her. She's saying, hey, I broke up with this guy. I've changed my locks. This is my house. It's not his house. I want him out of here. He's saying, this is my house. She's just crazy. You know how women are, type of thing. And eventually the cops are talking everyone down. They say that your boyfriend, your ex-boyfriend, Joseph seems like he may be in a bad place so we would suggest you go elsewhere for tonight and for Joseph you just need to get lost Mm -hmm. now the cops didn't actually see him getting into a car or leaving at any point but they did tell him to disperse they checked the area nothing was wrong she had left they actually watched her leave in her 2002 Chevy Blazer she's supposedly going to stay with a friend and then he leaves and then they dispatch right Story's over until the next morning, obviously. And this woman's name is Tammy Joe Blanton. Let me show you a photo of her right quick. So this is her right here. That's her. Tammy Joe Blanton. You see, but so this is her right here. Mm-hmm. She leaves, and then the next morning, her friend and co-worker, two of the co-workers actually, they call her cell phone repeatedly. She has not shown up for work. They knew that she was having trouble with her ex. Another co-worker. called her phone and and a man answered. He said his name was Jason. He was the brother, but they knew that that was a lie. She doesn't have a A brother, brother. Jason, that would be there at that time. So they called the police and then the police are dispatched. Going back to later that night when the cops dispersed everyone, Joseph goes to his mother's house. His mother's name is Brenda Self. He's dispersed from the house. He goes to his own mother's house. He wakes her up at 3.30 a.m. He's upset. He is talking about how how his girlfriend dumped him and how she changed the locks. He's also in financial trouble, financial stress. He talks to his mom and then finally the mom watches him drive away in his car. So the next morning, obviously, he he goes to back to the location because the next morning she didn't show up for work and her friends are calling and she is nowhere to be found. And this mysterious guy who is Joseph, jo- Joseph Aberhansley picks up the phone saying his name is Jason, the brother. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Are you guys with me so far?
0: Yeah. Was Jason actually her brother's name? Or uh, was that like totally?
1: Yeah, it was. So, his so ex- did he
0: know her?
1: They were boyfriend and girlfriend for actually quite a while. In okay. fact, here's a photo right here of proof that she had posted his bond at one point. So this oh, is wow. this is before the, the murder. Thursday, 46 year old Tammy Blant- Joe Blanton posted the $500 bond. This is a couple months before of her then boyfriend, 33 year old Joseph Oberhandler they knew each other and they were you know I guess in love at one point but then she decided that she didn't want to be with them anymore police get there and they they get to the home they knock on the door Joseph opens the door he looks like he's been in some altercation he's got quote cuts across his knuckles and he was quote slow and deceptive in answering the questions that were given to him by the officers one of the officers walk around back they notice that there has been some forced entry in the back of the home. I remember the cops were just there the night before, so they did do a walkthrough. They noticed everything was in working order and everything that was in order, and now that it seems like somebody had broken into the home through the back, so they question him about that. Then they know he's lying, and then they they obviously are concerned about the, the woman inside, mm-hmm. and they, they make their way in. Cops search this Joseph guy. Let me show you him right quick. What do you think about this guy?
2: Um, what? Very like early two thousands hairstyle. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like a Backstreet Boy.
0: Uh, no, more like a like gel, like gel dude. Like what? Like his hair was spiky. There. Like I feel like he listens to Fred Durst or something.
1: Well, yeah. I listen to Fred Durst. What the
0: fuck? Well, there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so me and this guy would be friends. Is that what probably?
0: Stram say? <laughs> um, says meth looks like a Zeke. <laughs> See? <laughs>
1: Do you what? Yeah. Is that what she's talking yeah, about? Yeah. Do you what? I
0: totally see it. Yeah, it looked like in the in the other photo too. Can you go back it, where it, ha- it was red? It looked like one of those shirts that looks like tattoo designs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like the Ed Hardy
2: shirts.
1: The affliction shirts or whatever. Oh, yeah.
0: man. <laughs> oh,
2: dear. I just I don't know. Like I'm not a fan of
1: And who cut him out like this? Obviously this is like <laughs> someone edited. went someone went and cut his whole body yeah, you see <laughs> like, I
2: don't know like I just when it comes to like tattoos like like one or two that's fine but, like I don't like the whole like, sleeve
0: I or, like a sleeve but I do, do not like um there are certain tattoo areas that I am not a fan of but I that's just, just me I,
2: I don't like the half a sleeve I don't like I don't just I don't oh, like, I like a sleeve I would love for John to get a sleeve I don't know everyone has their different you know likes and dislikes I got
1: them. the one the elephant down <laughs> there his trunk seems to I have don't. been sucking into it Self lately. <laughs> it's been cold out. So. You don't have an
2: elephant <laughs> tattoo.
1: I do, Jen. It's my wiener.
2: I know what you're talking about. You don't have one. You have your phoenix on your back and on your hand you have your ring.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to get that off. And <laughs> trying to rub it. I thought it was temporary, but...
2: Yeah, sure. Just smudge it together. <laughs> I remember the day after his wedding, he had me trace his ring in a Sharpie, so he did <laughs> Yeah. No, that's because <laughs> Nicole was ring. like,
1: you need to do that. And I was like, okay, I no, guess. No,
2: that's not true. You're like, I don't want to wear this ring, so shape the And I
1: was like, how are all these hussies over here at this wedding going to know that I'm DT fuck? DT fuck
0: are something else. Uh, I am <laughs> super lucky. lucky.
2: Maybe, maybe I'm the lucky one who has nothing to be tied down to.
1: The cop searched Joseph in his back pocket was a knife and it was a knife that uh, the blade was out and it, it also had a brass knuckle handle. So like, you, you know, a brass knuckles are, Jen. Mm-hmm. You basically put your fingers through there. Yeah,
2: like an anchorman when they have that fight.
1: And honestly, it seems like going back to this guy's photo, it seems like he would definitely carry a knife with brass yeah, knuckles. Yeah, yeah.
0: Seems like the type. <laughs> and yeah, he, would,
2: he definitely does.
1: And he would leave it like open in his back pocket yeah. like an idiot kind of thing, you know? So anyway, they found this knife and the, quote, knife had blood and hair on it, end quote. The officer goes into the home. There was blood everywhere. This guy is obviously lying. In the bathroom were large amounts of blood on the floor and there was a fabric draped over the bathtub. The fabric was actually a tent vinyl can a camping Cover for like a camping camper cover. It was covering the bathtub, mm. and the bathtub water was completely red. So what was in there, Jen? Blood inside the tub was a dead woman. Oh. This was Tammy Joe Blanton. Oh, so she was supposed to leave her home, which she did, but then she came back, and whatever happened, she goes into her home. He forces his way in. This is two hours later, and comes into the home. The bathroom door was also broken down, so she had hid in the bathroom trying to get away. Maybe she couldn't find the phone in time or something like that and he had broken down the bathroom door from the state of Indiana versus Joseph Albert Aberhansley the officer went into the bathroom and pulled back the covering and discovered a deceased white female in the bathtub the front of the victim's skull appeared to have been crushed and brain tissue appeared scattered around the bathtub so pretty brutal death there right yeah while inspecting the injuries to Tammy Joe's body they discovered numerous Injuries to her head, face, neck, and chest. The injuries consisted of deep cuts, and the neck showed a full thickness cut spanning almost the entire front area. So oh. her neck was sliced.
2: Like almost sliced all the way through?
1: Yeah. Joseph was interviewed and said he was, quote, unaware of it, talking about the condition of the body. Hmm. So he was like, I don't know what happened. September 12th, one day after, and this is from the police report, I and other Jefferson police detectives attended the autopsy of Tammy joe blanton at the kentucky medical examiner's office in Louisville. the medical examiner's preliminary findings were that blanton's cause of death was multiple blunt sharp force traumas to the head neck and torso the medical examiner also confirmed that the majority of her heart and a part of her lungs had been cut out and removed from her body a large section of the brain was also missing from blanton's body they go back to this guy all right yeah you killed her and you don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. Finally, he remembers. He says, okay, I did break down the back door. She ran into the bathroom. I broke that down too. She was screaming. I had a knife. I struck her several times with the knife, mutilated her body. I plugged up the jigsaw later that night, probably around four in the morning. The jigsaw, you know what a jigsaw is? Yeah. Using the jigsaw, I cut open her skull. And then I may have, quote, removed a portion of her brain. And I also may remember, quote, eating it raw, oh.
2: quote. Oh, don't like
1: that. Jen, this is why you don't want to fucking meet people. Yeah. Okay? You yeah. don't want your brain eating raw. Okay? So I should
2: be lonely all the time <laughs> just yes. to prevent my brain from being eaten out. I mean, <laughs> it's a failsafe.
1: No shit. I remember, quote, eating it raw talking about the brain. That's why the brain wasn't there. So he used a jigsaw while she was in the bathtub. He broke down the bathroom door, used a knife, stabbed her all over her body, threw her in the bathtub, plugged up the jigsaw and started cutting away at her skull that's why the brain matter was scattered all across the bathroom tub at that point he reaches his hands in there and just starts eating it raw he's not like omaima nelson who we covered who likes to cook it and deep fry it he's eating the shit raw i mean jen maybe you maybe you should be single i mean you don't want to meet a guy like this i mean this is fucking
0: (laughs) You don't know what's out there. <laughs> People like this exist, apparently.
1: Yeah. He also admitted to, quote, cooking a section of her brain and eating it. So I guess he, you know. Well, where's the heart and lungs? He admitted to eating both the heart and lungs raw. That's where the heart and lungs went. He ate the lungs and heart raw. Like, What do you think his mental state is?
2: Um, um not psycho? Okay.
1: This case pisses me the fuck off. I'll tell you why right now. This guy shouldn't even have been out of prison, which we're going to get to. But he was actually... Out out of prison for a, a previous crime and he is saying that he is mentally incompetent and he was found mentally incompetent but. but well I'll get to that later his lawyers claim that he has quote deteriorated mentally and relapsed over several months and he suffers from a psychotic disorder with symptoms of delusions and hallucinations in October 2017 he was found not competent to stand trial based on his mental health a few mental health professionals all said that with the things that he's testified and even blurted out in court and the uh, when they were interviewing him, those things combined told them all that he is not mentally all there. Some of the things he's blurted out in court, he says, quote, they're trying to control my thoughts. That's what he told the judge. They're trying to control my mind. Then he claimed that two other men came in and killed his ex-girlfriend. And then he says, quote, I'm just tired of dealing with all this stuff and being locked in this cage i just want to be executed and then later also blurted out in court that they had the wrong guy because the real guy the real killer who went in there and chopped her up and took her took a jigsaw to her skull and ate her brain was a guy named zeus brown zeus brown a former nfl player for the ravens and the browns this this man is a fictitious name it obviously doesn't exist but he just says that it was zeus brown that did it it. And he doesn't even know if this guy's a U.S. citizen. So y'all should be looking for him because I'm not the right guy.
2: Definitely a made-up name.
1: The judge declared a mistrial because one witness talked about his past use of drugs and prison time. So I was looking up, well, what was he in prison for? And let's talk about it. So what we just talked about happened in 2014. Let's go back 12 years. 12 years before this horrible murder that he's saying that he had nothing to do with because he's not mentally there. In 19 98. joseph Oberlanthe was 17 years old at that point he had just had a baby a son a few days old he confronts the mother at the hospital this is early December 1998 and he starts arguing with her she is she just gave birth to his baby he goes in there and starts yelling at her arguing with her saying that that's not his oh December 9th 1998 she's back at her house and the whole family's there including his mother which is the same you know he went to her house during this one too. There was an argument about the, the baby, who the baby belonged to. This guy, 17-year-old year old at the time, December 9th, 1998, pulled out a revolver and he shot his baby mama. His 13-year-old sister grabbed his five-day-old son, ran to safety. Wow. And then his mother jumps on top of his baby mama and he shoots his mother oh. twice. Oh, no. It was accidental. He was trying to obviously kill the mother, but he shot his own mother, jumping on her body to protect her.
2: Why would he do that?
1: Because he's a, mm-hmm. he, he's an animal. The grandmother walks in to see all this. They see the dead woman on the floor, and then immediately the grandmother looks at Joseph. Joseph puts the gun under his chin and pulls the trigger. Mm. He still has the bullet lodged in his frontal lobe even today.
0: Mm. So he didn't die.
1: No, he didn't die. Obviously,
0: you're saying that was that was way before. It was
1: 14 years before. Oh, but but he just kills. Somebody and he's fucking out of prison. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, right. what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So the, they put a plea bargain together for him. And and I I get it. The DA, the prosecutors, they were like, I we can't even prove it. Because everyone that was in the house was his family. Mm-hmm. None of them were going to testify. They were sticking up for him. So they didn't have any witnesses at all to what the fuck happened. You know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. mother didn't want to press charges for getting shot. Like they had nothing. So they they gave him a plea deal. And it was a very light plea deal. And in fact, the grandfather, whose name is Alfred Ermer, said after this, the murder of his first baby mama, quote, he'll be out in three to seven years so he can do it again. And this grandfather lives in Nevada. He says in Nevada, Joe would have got more time for shooting a horse. And what does he do? He gets out 12 years later and he does the same shit again. Right. Mm-hmm. The prosecutor, Paul Parker, put together the plea de- plea agreement for that 1998 sentence. And based on the family, didn't want to testify. He also said that Joseph was going through a two to three week drug binge, a lack of sleep and quote emotional stress. And he was probably not completely rational at the time of shooting. So he does have a not a terrible family like what we just covered, but his younger brother is a half brother committed suicide. And right after that, his father died. This is a year before he murdered his baby mama. 1997, his father died of a drug overdose quote he turned into a gangsta mentality glorified by the media and music an attitude that being macho is right that's what his defense attorney says Hmm. so what do you guys think of that
0: wow Mm, fucking crazy it is
1: yeah he's got life in prison without parole so he is never going to be stepping out of prison again good um so this is about when he shot himself oberhansley had put the pistol to his chin and fired a bullet that entered the brain rendering him unconscious for a day and causing some loss of mental function. So he admitted that he was guilty and accepted responsibility for his, quote, poor ass decisions. But then he said, because he thought he was going to get out for the second murder, he wants to try to become, quote, the best father I can and the best father I can be to my son. No. But he's I mean, you try
2: to kill the the, the baby mama. So, like, why would that make you a good father? Like, a good father would know that you need the mother as well. You can't do it by yourself.
1: Yeah. But I wanted to put those two little quick cases together because I'm sick of these cannibalism cases Mm. like why do you got it why do you got to pull the brain out and eat it man like for what like like, how does that enter your mind
2: i don't know
1: like like is that it doesn't even look good it's not like you know
0: it looks like a gelatin mold
1: anyway what do you guys think
0: oh i'm glad he has no chance of getting out of prison correct
1: yeah that's all from us today i hope you guys like that anyway this talk memory podcast subscribe on any podcasting platform check out our sister podcast among the dirt and trees and until next time good night you lovely lovely people